Aloha, guys, and welcome back to Degree Free. We're your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Mariyama. On this podcast, we share fundamentals we've discovered and the mistakes we've made while self-educating, getting work, building businesses, and making money. We'll tell you how to make it happen. No degree needed. Welcome back, guys. We're glad to have you. If you've listened to other episodes of this podcast and you're uh, back again and ready to take action, then feel free to check out our website, which is degreefreenetwork.com. We do have a guide on there where we put all of this into one giant document that you can download and use as a checklist to help you accomplish uh, getting degree-free work. And if not, um, if, if you're not ready to buy that guide, then keep listening, take notes, because we're going to tell you everything you need to know anyway. So without further ado. So yeah, let's get into today's topic. Today, we are going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about one of the questions that we get asked a lot. And um, the question is basically, what are some of the highest paying jobs that you can get without a degree? So today's episode is really just an overview of some of the types of jobs that you can get without a degree that are very common. So we understand that you can pretty much go into any field and make a lot of money. There's no right or wrong answer. Any job that you apply to and if they hire you without a degree you know hopefully you can move up and you can make money make good money in that industry that being said we get this question a lot because people don't know what to do they don't know what to look into and so they just want ideas of things to start looking for they want to know where the money is right exactly since that's pretty much everything that's what matters that's that's what works about. You yeah. can you can say all day it's about other things, but ultimately at the end of the day, work is about money. Yeah, work is about there there are other things. There are other things about work, but one of the largest things about work is is money. And so, you know, people ask us all the time, and so, so these are some of the these are some of the fields. We basically summed it up to four different fields that you can go into, and like I said, this isn't a comprehensive list. There are plenty other industries to go into. It's literally infinite. You can do anything. But these are some of the, the ones that we've seen. So number one, and probably the most obvious, is going to be entrepreneur. Uh, there's no cap if you're going to be an entrepreneur. You can create a business tomorrow that is going to make billions of dollars. How do we know that? Because people have done that. Uh, there are billionaires that don't have college degrees. And the ones that didn't have college degrees have college degrees because they started a business that was worth more than a billion dollars. And that's how you do it. Um, I think the thing about being an entrepreneur is that there's no cap to the amount of money that you can make. Not really. But there is also no floor. So it's a, it's a risky thing to do as far as uh, if, if you're looking for a way to make money and that's your sole way of making money. We've talked about it before, but if you're just starting out, it's very risky to just be an entrepreneur. So if you're looking for uh, a solid paycheck right at the beginning, entrepreneurship is not where it's at. Well, not maybe not, not where it's at, but it is very, as you said, risky. You can make it happen. There have been many people that have quit their jobs or never had a job and just started a business and became super successful. There's there's a, a lot, lot more. Of, there's a lot of other people that have quit their jobs or never had a job and tried to start a business and then absolutely failed. And we're just saying that 
we always like to say that if you're thinking about starting a business and you have a job, or if you're thinking about starting a business and you don't have a job, get a job. If you're thinking about starting a business while you still have a job, maintain your employment and start it on the side. You're going to be able to make a lot more, you're going to be able to make better decisions. You're going to be able to think clearer. You're not going to have to worry so much about immediately making the business cash flow positive. It opens up a lot of doors, gives you a lot more options. Options are really, really good. And plus what, and plus what it does too, is it spreads out your risk. So instead of having all your eggs in one basket, you gotta make, you gotta make this business work. Well, now you have a job to fall back on. So you still have income coming in the door. And one of the things that we tell people about entrepreneurship, we've touched on it before, but just quickly here, one of the best ways to be immediately cash flow positive is to start a services-based business. So don't reinvent the wheel. Whatever you see, there, if there's a need out there, fulfill that need. Whether or not that's washing cars, whether or not that's pet grooming, look up the local licensure certification in your area for whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, get that if you need it, and then just go ask people if they need it done and start taking money for it. Definitely there are other ways to do it, but that is definitely one of the ways you can get started right now. And give yourself a, a shot, see how, see how it is, dip your toe in the water as it were, instead of just jumping in head first. Not, not that you can't, as Ryan said, there are people that have done that successfully, but there's a lot more people that have done that, that have failed than people that have done it successfully. And it's just a good thing to keep in mind because, uh, especially if you're at a point in your life where you don't have, uh, the money or the time to take that risk. So second on the list of jobs that could potentially be high paying is sales. Sales is the golden goose. The reason is because you can be an employee, but in a lot of in a lot of ways, you can make a lot more money than some of the highest uh, people in in management at your company. Because if you're bringing in money, you can make more money. If you are selling and you are selling a lot, typically you are going to be making money that reflects how high you're selling. Uh, I've worked with people who who were really good at sales and easily made six figures a year. No degree, pretty usually pretty flexible schedules too. Uh, because if you do work at a sales job and you fulfill your quotas or exceed your quotas, you can you will you will be rewarded with an amount of leeway as well at your job. Because if you make your if you if you make your quotas, then your work is done. Yeah, and um, you know if you can if you can sell you're always going to have a skill that you can take with you anywhere and everything in sales, basically. I mean, down to communication between people, down, down to selling yourself in a job interview, um, relationships, you name it. So selling is definitely one of the jobs that you can get paid the most, but it's also a really good job that's going to teach you a lot of useful skills for life. One of the things that um, people 
when we say sales, one of the things that people think about is they think about selling cars or vacuums door to door. They picture uh, they picture the the dad from Matilda selling the car with the sawdust in the in yeah, the Danny engine. DeVito. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what they picture when people say yeah, that. Yeah. They picture that and then they picture the people at the kiosks at the mall that are always trying to put cream on you. Those are the people that they picture. That said, I think that a lot of you would be blown out of the water by the amount of money those people make. Blown out of the water. Some of them are extremely good salespeople and you can make a good amount of money selling anything if you were good at selling it. Yeah. And so I guess that's just one of the things that we can talk about here is that there's a lot of different types of sales or there, and there's a lot of different things that you can sell. So you can sell software, you can sell windows to a large high rise building. You can sell, you know, you can work for, uh, you can sell services. Yeah. You can sell services. I was just about to say that you can, you can work for like a Terminix or something like that and sell pest control. Or you could work at selling land development deals and then you can work at selling construction bids and then you can sell windows and then you can sell a service to clean those windows and now you've completed the circle yeah. of sales. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chain of sales. It's a, ch it's a circle of sales. Um, so generally speaking, sales is pretty broad, but if you can become good at sales, you can make a lot of money and... Generally speaking, it depends on it depends on what you know, what it is you're selling. But if you learn the sales process, for the most part, you'll be able to go anywhere and learn how to sell whatever it is they're selling. For the for the most part, gets a little different sales for different people. You know, the sales cycle is longer or shorter or whatever. More technical, less technical. More high dollar, low dollar. It's also worth noting that for women specifically, women have been proven to be better salespeople than men. Uh, so if you are a woman, while it is much more uncomfortable to learn sales because it's just not fun. I mean, it's it's not really. It's, it's work to learn how to do it. Uh, but if you can, statistically speaking, you're more likely to do well at it. So uh, if, it's, if it's something that you've been considering, definitely see if there's some sort of sales job you can pick up because the skills you will learn there will help you in overcoming objections and navigating your professional life and also uh, negotiating with your, with your boss and with your, peer, with your coworkers and just in general for careers in the future as well. It's just one of those things that I, I personally think that women need to learn how to do sales. I think it would help them a lot. What are the numbers? Is that your personal opinion that women make are better at sales or is, is that fact? No, it's fact. Look it up. Yeah, it's real. Women are, women are better at sales than men. Interesting. I did not know that. I, I believe it. I mean, I, it's not to say, it's not to say that there's not more male salespeople or men don't sell more because there are more male salespeople. It's that women in the same role as men tend to do better. Another aspect of sales would be real estate sales. Uh, the, the largest amount of self-made millionaires in the U S are real estate millionaires. They have made money somewhere in real estate and because the largest amount of jobs in real estate are real estate sales, right? They're real estate agents and they're selling, they're selling, they're selling real estate. Uh, it makes sense that 
there might be something there as far as real estate sales too to look into if that's something that you've ever been interested in there's it's a licensure process so it's not really a hard it's not really a difficult job to get into and uh while it probably is difficult at the beginning while you're trying to build up a client base and everything like that um if you can figure out how to sell houses you're gonna make money those are big purchases it's high dollar sales yeah those are big purchases and yeah, it's difficult and it's difficult because of exactly what you said. There's a low barrier to entry. It's pretty easy to pass a real estate exam. I can, I've, when I was working in the restaurant industry, I knew so many people that had their real estate exam, that, that had their real estate license who are like trying to sell me a house, but then also like wait tables and like, what makes you, th- one, I'm flattered. <laughs> That you think I could buy a house. I'm <laughs> that you think that I can buy a house. <laughs> like, especially here in Hawaii. I mean, thank you. Like, I mean. Wow. You must think really highly. About I'm a busser. You are a waiter. You're the server. You're paying me. What makes you think that I, like, and that's just poor marketing. <laughs> that's poor sales. Or. <laughs> and that was. I don't or, know. Or really good or really or, or really, really good, good sales. sales. Long term. Long, long term. term. Yeah. I, I, long term because now I, if you need to buy a house. Are you gonna call who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters, because I don't think I don't think many of those people are still doing it. Oh man. I don't think I don't think many of those people are still doing it. It's difficult. It's a tough it's But a that's tough... what I mean. Whoever's still doing it is definitely gonna get your business. If yeah, you think yeah. about who so no. maybe they were playing the long game, dude. Absolutely. That's exactly what, and that's and that's exactly what you have to do in sales, right? It takes time. Sales, it's marketing. It's market, market, yeah. market, 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 market. You know, one of the things I will say about sales, and it's kind of just a side note, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, but if you can learn the sales process, when I learned the sales process, when I learned how to sell, that you can see a distinct turning point for, for the trajectory of our lives, my life, my career, when I learned how to sell. I think, I think we should. So I have one point about the, I want, I have a, I have a question about the keeping up with the Joneses aspect of real estate agents or real estate brokers or people that are in real estate. And then I want to ask you about your experience getting into sales. Uh, So the first question is, so what you were saying about the, I'm just curious, because we recently talked about um, real estate agents and how they have to look a certain way in order to get people to buy from them. Do you think now you would be more likely to buy from a real estate agent that looks a certain way, that dresses a certain way, that has a nice car? I'm curious because, you know, we've kind of like we've talked about it in the last couple months, a couple times about different things we've seen. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I guess the I guess the answer is I, is I don't know. Mm. I I would like to say that it doesn't matter. But how can I know, right? If this person rolls up in a 2001 Toyota Corolla, you know, and is like, but can sell my house. I'd like to think that I would select them to sell my house. This person rolled up in a Tesla. And I felt like they couldn't sell my house. I'd like to think I wouldn't let them sell my house. What if they rolled up in a cyber truck? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Ask if we can go for a test drive. 
Um, Tesla drive. Tesla drive. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Tesla drive. Oh, no. Um, Just a little Tesla drive. Uh, okay. So, so for your sales experience, I'd like to know. So I'd, I'd love for you to share with the class how you got into sales. Oh, yeah, sure. So, so I got into sales kind of by accident. I was bartending in Georgia and there were these guys that came into the bar during the day and they would stand on stand out on the street trying to not even sell people they were actually in marketing so it was their job to pull people off of the street give them a bunch of free stuff to go attend a two-hour presentation on something that eventually the hope was that they that they bought think timeshare i think almost a lot of people have had experience at least with getting heckled by one of these people and that was so they came into the bar and the manager um he liked me and he offered me a job i didn't want to at first and then you got us fired i I did and then so after since you had since you got us fired i needed a job immediately and that was sales that they paid immediately. So it didn't, there was no training period. If I could sell, I think I got paid for the first week. I think I got paid $10 an hour for a guaranteed like 20 hours for that week, something like that. And I was like, okay, well that's not a lot of money, but it's something. And so, and it was good at the time because I needed immediate cash. We needed money because we just got fired. And then, so I went out there and I learned how to sell. I learned how to completely cold stop people, get them to stop, give them a bunch of free stuff, convince them to do something that honestly they probably didn't want to do, you know, in the hopes that you know, the, the actual salespeople the next day in the sales room would convert. And then if they, and then if they converted into a sale, I got a portion of that sale and turned out that I was pretty okay at it. Wasn't a natural. It took a lot of practice. I mean, a, a lot of practice within that week. I mean, I'm not naturally good at speaking. And so I had to practice a lot of the spiel the spiel yeah just go through it and go through it and go through it enough i had to learn how to overcome objections because nobody wanted to do it you know what nobody wanted to go in, during their vacation and sit in a room for two hours the last thing you want to do on your vacation for the vast majority of people there are some people that that go to all, all these things and they just get the free stuff and they leave which is good, right on. Good for you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but for vast majority of people, they're on vacation, and it's the last thing they want to do is sit in a freaking room with high pressure salesmen for two hours. But anyway, um, that was that was my experience, and it was a great experience. It taught me a lot. It taught me a lot, and it taught me. I was already a hard worker. I felt I I felt like I had good work ethic, but I never had the and i had good people skills because i was a bartender for so many years i i could speak to people but i wasn't 
good at speaking at spieling to people so much as and at least spieling to them in a way that i wanted them to buy something from me other than like a drink a cocktail which is still sales selling cocktails or selling uh 30 dollar plates of food as a server as i did that's still sales as well but it's just different when it when you're selling when you're selling that different pro- when you're selling a different product and so yeah that, that completely changed my life i mean um it was exhilarating to get my first to get my first deposit that was exhilarating i was so excited you know and it's 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 still exhilarating now whenever we get a when whenever i uh sell somebody anything and um but learning learning that helped me to understand business better helped me to understand marketing better helped me to understand everything like everything about business um yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty good experience and and it has translated into our business and to be to be completely frank uh it was pretty good money it was pretty good money there was some kid that started working with you too when when you when you were there he was like 17 or 18 years old i don't know if you remember that but he was there for like a minute and as a 17 or 18 year old kid if if you're selling and you were making a couple grand a week like that's no joke. If you were to consistently close, that's eight. That's eight k a month. Yep. And that is good money. And that is zero degree. Yep. I didn't use any of my degree skills, and I be I was taught. I was taught sales by. Maybe one of them had a degree. Maybe. Well, he wasn't using it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not none of them were. Yeah. And they didn't need it. These guys were, these guys were salt of the earth guys. So these guys were rough. These guys were, these guys were real. Except for, except for. Yeah, except yeah. He was except very for, genteel. Except, except for one guy. Yes, except for one guy who was very genteel. Yeah, but Not everybody. Spoken. But everybody else, they're everybody was pretty rough around the edges. Hustlers, actual hustlers. They that's were, an actual. That's what an actual hustler looks like. Uh, it was <laughs> street slanging pretty good it was a good experience i'm glad I, i'm glad i had the experience but yeah so but once you once you once you learn the process you can go and sell you can go and sell anything I there's know no some cap of those, on that right there was no cap on the how much i can make yeah no yeah so there you go that's ex- so you can make however much you can make right exactly and then that that goes for even like high you know i mean going to like really high paying really high dollar sales like, like tech like, sales yeah, tech sales or even like jet engine sales. Yeah, or plane sales. Yeah, plane sales, right? Yeah. Or, or land development sales, mm-hmm. things like that. Things where, or even like, um, you know, if you're a lawyer and, you know, you're trying to get a... Because pers- that sales too. Yeah, if you're a personal injury lawyer and you're trying to sell your services to this person that who needs your services, you know, if you got, if you're making... That that right there could be a million dollar sell a sale depending on what it is. I mean, guys, that's a lawyer, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sales. Um, sales is uh, yeah. So sales is going to be the second one. The third one is going to be tech. The reason it's tech is because it's one of the most uh, degree free accessible fields, just because of demand right now. Uh, also, it's probably one of the fields where being self-taught 
is less of a stigma and more of uh, more of a selling point. Also, I think that a good self-taught developer is preferable almost all of the time. Uh, that said, we're not just talking about developers. A lot of times when we talk about tech, people just literally they think coders, like they think Silicon Valley, they think the hacker in the spy movie. But what we're talking about is surrounding tech. So in tech, there's developers, and then there's a lot of people around them that understand technical things and do minor technical things to support their work. And that includes uh, management, that includes analysts, that includes uh, people who coach the development team, that includes uh, a lot of different people who influence all of that, designers, so many things. Um, and so tech is one of those fields where you can make good money, especially if you get in at some big company and you know what you're doing. And and I think that that's one that's often overlooked, again, because if you're in tech, you have the ability to get into startup companies too. You can get a job at a startup company and get equity at that company. And there again, it's risky, not as risky probably as being your own entrepreneur because you don't take the full brunt of that. You're still a W-2 employee. But if you get a job at a startup and you get equity or stock options, you're again, there's no ceiling, really. There's no there's no ceiling for you. Uh, and, and even if you're not working in a startup and you're just working a normal tech job, you're still going to be making more than the average person, definitely more than the average college graduate and probably definitely more than your average PhD, which is 84,000. It's not that much. Yeah. Tech is definitely a popular industry. And like you said, it definitely, you definitely don't need a college degree to get into a lot of tech jobs, a lot, a lot. And some, it's almost to a lot of people, it's almost a point of pride even that they don't have degrees. Like, oh, I didn't need a degree to get this job. Absolutely. And so one of the things, just going back, just backpedaling just a little bit, one of the things that I did want to start off, I did want to say at the very beginning, after we talked about entrepreneurs, before we talked about, because now we're going to be talking, now we're all talking about jobs, all the jobs, sales, whatever, tech, whatever. Um, one of the things that we tell people at the very beginning, if you're thinking about getting a job, not necessarily being an entrepreneur, is if you wanna be highly paid, you're gonna wanna look, generally speaking, you're gonna wanna look at uh, profit centers of a company. You're gonna be want, you're gonna wanna look at the sales side. You're gonna wanna look, if you're looking at a profit and loss sheet, if you're looking at an income statement, you're, you're gonna wanna work on the top line where they're bringing money in. For us lay people, that's who's making the money? Who's making the money for the company? Right. And what department are those people in? Exactly. And so good example, perfect example of that is sales, right? For any company, for any company, salespeople are always profit centers. Why? Because they go and get, they go and make money. Uh, a good example of a cost center normally is something like, accounting or HR, something like that. They, unless, unless the company is an accounting company, that sells. unless, unless they're selling HR, unless they're selling HR services and then you're the product and then, yeah, then you're the product and then you're the service. And, and it's a totally different, totally different. Right. But for the most part, administratively, if you work in house accounting, if you work in house HR, if you work in house 
cost center, whatever. Whatever. Let's use an actual company. So let's what? say it's a construction company with 50 people. You've got four HR people and you've got four accounting people and your income starts to go down for whatever reason. You're not making as much money. You're not going to cut the guys doing the work. You're not going to cu- cut the people selling the jobs. You're going to cut the extra accountant. You're going to cut the two extra HR people who you no longer need. Yep, absolutely. You're going to um, you're still going to need sales and you're still going to need the people to build it, you know, and then that's that's definitely that's one of the that's one of the ways to when you're thinking about what what fields to go into that's a good way to start especially if you're thinking about money because one usually those people that work at profit centers normally they make more money because they're in charge of making money that's their job their job is to make money and then also with the second point with the which is what you just said is that um generally speaking your job is more secure because the company needs you in order to make sales because if you're not there they'll make less money exactly so positioning yourself at a profit center is a good way to make more money and a good way to ensure that you're going to be you're going to be stick around and we're not also also I just want to say because I can hear the hackles and the HR people rising as we say that, but HR we're not minimizing HR. All we're saying is that there there are some jobs that you are a cost center. You are you bring no money into the company. You might save money in some risk, but that's different if the risk is not realized. And if the risk is not realized and your value, your entire value is the possibility of of mitigating risk then they're going to cut you because you're not necessary. And and it's just something to keep in mind. Um, this also goes for people who are additional managers. And I mean, like if you have a manager and an assistant manager and an assistant to the general manager and you go into rough times. And again, I'm saying this because a lot of people were really, I saw this, but a lot of people were extremely shocked when their supporting administrative or supporting management jobs disappeared overnight. Uh, and I was not because... I was like, dude, it's the math. They they don't they don't need you. You are not part of the bare bones structure. So your job, as much as you thought it was secure, it's not because you are. They don't you don't bring any money in. You're an additional cost that was fine when business was booming, but as soon as business shrinks, it's not financially wise to keep you anymore. So they cut you, and your first ones on the block. And so same thing goes for like if you're the last hired. HR, last hired accountant, last hired admin assistant, last hired, you know, junior manager. Just just keep it in mind, because if you know, if you know where you are, then you're not going to get blindsided by that. And that's much better. There's nothing wrong with your job. It's not to minimize your job. It's to make sure that you know where you're at. So uh, sorry that I should have said that earlier, um, but I'm glad that we were able to touch on that. I forgot to mention that earlier. So and then the last industry, um, con- very a little contradictory to what we do, what we've been talking about, about management and everything like that. The last industry is management, actually, mm-hmm. um, and it's certain types of management. We're talking high level management. Yeah, I would say mid to high level. Um, if you are somebody who's managing again a a person who's managing a team that makes money, that's a secure place to be. Exactly. That's a, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was going to say a team that's making good money, not a team that was making good money. And then you came in and now it's making less, not, not you. You're right. probably not in right. good shape. But if you're adding, but if you're, if you're a manager, if you're a high to mid level manager, if you're a mid to high level manager, 
and you're coming in and you're increasing profit, decreasing costs, you're paying for yourself. Increasing I mean, speed. That is efficiency. Delivery, yeah. That is one of the best ways to prove your worth. And then hopefully you get paid accordingly to the amount of worth that you bring in. Correct. Right. Management alone, as far as in-house management, doesn't really bring in money. But cost it, center. A management is a cost center. Right. But it can it can save money. It can expedite it. It can make things more efficient, leaner. And it, it can also keep the owner, depending on how large your company is, it it saves a lot of time and energy for whoever is in charge, right? The more people underneath you, ideally, the less work you're having to, the less actual work you're having to do. So having a good manager, if somebody is competent, and especially if that person is in charge of making money and they're making more money, then man, that person's, you're good to go. And I've seen, I've seen and read and heard things of, not that there's no cap, because I'm sure that there is, but depending on where you are, depending on how much money you bring in, you can pretty much, I mean, you can ask, you can always ask for whatever you want. I don't know that you always get it, but if you, you know, if you put it, if you put the time in and you're getting results and you, you're in charge of a team that's making money, the likelihood of you being able to make a good amount of money is high. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is it for today, guys. I think that we kind of covered a lot there. This is kind of a, a little bit of a quicker episode today. Just kind of get those four main ideas across, really. It's And there's nothing to say that these are the only things that you can go into in order to make money. You can Please let us know yeah. if you have, hey, what about this? We want to know. Yeah. We're very curious. And, the, and the, something that we've learned throughout the years of just talking to people about it is that, man, there's a job for everything. There is a niche for literally everything. And you can make a lot of money doing almost anything. And um, But these are just some ideas to to think about entrepreneurship, sales, tech, management, you name it. You you name it, you know, you can make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. The only thing I will say I did want I do want to stress that at and I should have done it at the beginning like I was saying. I do want to stress that for the most part when talking to people about this, I always tell them to if you're thinking about making money, if you're thinking about security and making money, you know, maybe you should start looking at where the profit centers are in your company, where whatever company you're thinking about working for, whatever industry you're thinking about working in, whether or not the, if you're an accountant or you want to be an accountant, you know, instead of going to, and you want to make money doing it, instead of going in-house accounting for a mechanic garage, you know, go work at an accounting firm where you go, where you are the product, where you can make more money. It'll make you more secure. It'll keep your your income and your job more secure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys liked what you've heard so far, please subscribe. Please leave us an honest review. It really helps other people see the podcast and give us a broader listenership. You know, we want to get these ideas out there for everybody. If you want to take action and start poking around on Google and doing research, uh, please do that. If you want to take action on some of this stuff as far as 
uh, you want a little bit of guidance and you want some worksheets and you want a little bit of context to go through and kind of sort this stuff out and organize the ideas that you're having about this, then you can pick up our guide on degreefreenetwork.com. You don't have to though. If you want to just keep notes of what we're saying, it's, you know, we're, we're telling you, we're telling you the same thing, but if you want it all in one place, that's where it is. And yeah, hope, hope you like today's episode. All right, guys. Until next time. Aloha.